If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. So, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Electric Fishing guys so welcome back to another podcast slash live stream for all you guys that are tuning in on the podcast version of this this is a live stream that i have on my channel every friday night on my youtube channel over at alex Shred fishing and we talk about fishing and just anything else that happens to come up um, but if you would please go down there hit that subscribe button if you're watching the youtube videos hit that like button it helps to get this stream up to the top and then if you're listening on the podcast version make sure to hit that subscribe button on the podcast too, because when you hit that subscribe button, it helps iTunes, it helps Google, it helps whoever you're listening to my podcast through to know that, hey, I like this podcast and it should be suggested to some other people. Now, this podcast is sponsored by Monster Bass. Monster Bass is an awesome company that I have the privilege to work with and they make subscription boxes. Now, I know what you're thinking, Alex, this is just like the rest of those boxes out there. But you would be you would be sadly and sorely wrong. Monster Bass is cool because we are handpicking baits that comes in every month's box for the region of the country that you live in, as well as the time of year that you're fishing. Another cool thing that we're doing in this past two months box have been this is that we are either correlating and coordinating with certain companies or certain anglers to build boxes um, to just kind of expose you guys to all kinds of new baits or expose you guys to baits that. Um, you know, pros use and, and really famous people in the fishing industry use. So last month it was the Strike King box. You got a box full of Strike King stuff like the Thunder Cricket, the new Ned Ochos, Rage Crawls, all that kind of stuff. And then this month's box in February is going to be the Jason Christie box. And Jason Christie has handpicked all the baits that are going to come in this month's box. And it's going to be from all the brands that he works with. Um, you're going to get brands like Brand Bandit. You're going to get Bandit. Uh, Say Bandit brands, brands, and Bandit. You're going to get brands like bandit brands like bomber brands like yum brands like booyah, uh, smithwick. smithwick just all kinds of companies that jason christie works with and you guys know as well as i do jason christie is an absolute hammer um so it's going to be a really awesome box i will have a link down in the description go hit that link you guys can sign up for this coming month's box in february the jason christie box and get a box full of all kinds of awesome stuff but here we go, Ben. How are you doing today, my friend? Well, Ben's got his microphone silent and doesn't even realize it. This is great. This is just great. This is, I mean, like, we are professional. We're professionals here on the Alex Life, Life is good, man. Life is good. Um, good. Yeah. I don't just really found out you're having a little girl. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, that's definitely... <laughs> Cause I know I'm already a pushover as it is. Like I know I'm going to be the one that spoils it anyway, but now that it's a little girl, I'm probably going to be like wrapped around his little finger and that's just going to be bad, dude. I love it. I love it, dude. You're going to be a good dad. I can't wait to see it happen. I'm going to be something. Or you're going to suck. Either one. I don't know. We'll <laughs> figure it out when we get there. But so tonight we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. I mean, we're not going to spend all night on this topic, but this is something that I found uh, very interesting and me and Ben got to talking about it because honest, honestly, Ben, when we post a picture or a video, we get this comment at least five times. Right? Yes. No, for sure. But what I found interesting is like, it's not our core audience. And we've talked about this too. We'll dive into it. It's not our core audience. That's commenting mm -hmm. these things. So mm -hmm. kind of give a little backstory and, uh, Give a little insight on what we're going to be talking about. All right. So tonight's video and tonight's podcast is titled Don't Chase My Bot. And what made me kind of 
come up with this idea or made me want to, you know, explore this topic is the fact that this past week, you know, me and Ben both put out a couple of videos and literally like we both got probably five, six, eight comments a piece, all asking what lake are you on? What part of the lake are you on? And then, and then you would have people come on there and be like, Oh, you're on uh, Samford Lake in East West Michigan. And the coordinates are five, two, six, four, nine, four, four. And you're putting it at this boat ramp and and you're throwing this bait. And I, and people are like, what, what in the world? You know I mean? So me and Ben got to thinking about like, why, why do people do that? What's the deal with that? And we just kind of wanted to discuss the topic of not chasing our bots because chasing our bot is, is useless. And if I've learned one thing as an angler, like listening to the doc talk and, and trying to go find where people are catching fish and then going and trying to catch those fish are just it's just ridiculous it never works out like has it ever worked out for you no so actually what's the funniest thing is like you and i actually aren't that protective of our water right so like if if we have a buddy that we trust like we'll tell him where we're fishing and what we're doing but Mm -hmm. the thing about our videos are not that like you need to know exactly what lake around to go do what we're doing. We give you guys enough information throughout the video where you guys can take that pattern and apply it to, or technique and apply it to a lake that you guys fish a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our biggest thing about it is like, it drives me crazy because people are like, Oh, okay. That's such and such lake. And I'm like, no, it's actually not, but it could be that lake. And you could do that on that lake by using the same techniques that I'm doing in this video. So, well, you know, another thing is, is like, okay. Cause I knew this question was going to come. Lance yeah. has said it. All right. Let me, let me establish this really Pop quick. Pop that thing up there. All right. What? All right. Pop that thing up there. All right. Okay. So yes, some of the lakes are big. Okay. But let me, let me lay the ground rules out for why, what this discussion is about in like, why I want to talk about this. Number one, if I wanted to let you know what lake I was on, I would let you know. If you know what lake it is, just know. Number two, or number three, understanding that I give you guys every single tool that you could possibly ever need or want to have, but I cannot do the work for you. It's what I tell my fifth graders. I can teach you everything that I know, but I cannot make you do the work. So like I can literally give, I'm going to give you everything I got except for the lake that I'm on. You get the bait, you get the rod, you get the reel, you get the line, you get the conditions, you get everything. You just don't get the lake that I'm on because here's the deal. We're giving you tips and, and techniques that you can go and apply on any body of water or if your body of water sets up similarly, then go apply those tips and see what happens. Because I tell you this much, I don't care. Every, every, every single day conditions are different. So like if we are fishing that lake on Saturday and you're going to go fish that lake on Thursday of the following week, like you could get out there. And if you're doing exactly what I'm doing and not paying attention to the conditions that I was fishing in, you're going to probably not get the same bite. Yeah, no, you yeah, know, absolutely you know not. I mean? I mean, here's the deal. That jerkbait fish I caught the other day, the big one, my big five-pounder, yeah. you want to know something crazy? Um, That's the only fish I caught on a jerkbait. So if you go throw a <laughs> jerkbait on that lake, yeah. guess what's going to happen? You're probably not going to catch any. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's the thing. That's the thing that you, you got to realize. You know what I mean? That's that's the – and so it just it bothered me for a couple of reasons. Not for anybody that's in this comic section right now. I'll tell you that much. Because all these people in here don't ask stupid questions like that. And like they're if they do know, they just know and we go on with our day. It's like it's like a tip of the hat. Like, hey, I know where you're at. Yeah, that's a really good lake. I, you know, I fish there too. Most people don't even live near my lake. You know what I mean? Um but but what bothered me is like it's these people that don't subscribe to my channel that come out of left field and they're like, what lake you on? Uh, uh, what boat ramp did you put in at? So literally I had one guy <laughs> said like the comment went something along the lines of what boat ramp did you put in at? Would you say that it was mid lake or more central lake? So or were you fishing in 10 to 15 foot of water or bo-? I mean like, and it was like this paragraph long comment wanted to know. <laughs> 
know know all these details, but it's just so useless. I guess the point in in all of this is saying it's it's useless information to you, regardless of where you it, whether you know where I'm at or not. Because like you know, I got some good buddies that fish a lot of the same lakes that I do. You want to know something? We don't catch fish doing the same exact thing almost ever because our techniques are so different and what we like to fish is so different. And the lakes that I fish are pretty freaking big. I mean, like you think about Chickamauga. I mean, I'll say when I'm on Chickamauga for the most part, because that SOB is what? 60,000 acres. I mean, it is so enormously big that you may never find what I'm fishing on, or you've got lakes like Cherokee and Norris where everything looks the same. Like I could show you a piece of bank and, but there's 42 other pieces of bank on the lake like that. Yeah. Any more comments? I mean, this is a very- no, not, I mean, not really. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is just understanding really conditions as opposed to understanding what lake we're on. Like, that's just my biggest thing. I don't, I don't have much beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I still never sent Scott my email about all the things I was angry about. My, my, my angry comment. Oh, or my I angry, forgot about. I want to. I want to send you a heated email. A heated email. Uh, I just, you know, here's the deal. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. We both got like ten comments a piece over this past week, wanting to know what lake we were on. And me and Ben both, like, literally all week, have been like, we'll text each other or comment Dude, on each I'll other's video. Something like, not even fishing related, and people will be like, "Hey, what's your favorite lake?" Yeah, what's your favorite like? All of them, the one with water in it. The Great Lakes. uh, I mean, it is what it is. So I don't know. I mean, you know, here's the deal. You can't, can't. I love it, Brad Taylor. You can't cure dumb. No, you can't, and you'll never be able to fix it. But I'm going to keep giving you guys tools. I promise. I will give you every tool that you need. I just can't make you do the work. And I mean, that's all. That's what I give my kids. That's what I give everybody. I mean. I just, I can't make you do the work, but I promise you, if you take the tools and you go out there and do the work, you may find something that I've never found and absolutely uh, hammer. I'm super curious on your thoughts on this. Do you, th- what do you think the impact is of a fish brain or of map packs on a certain lake? Like fishing spots, hot points. I think it's stupid. I think it's no different than selling waypoints. It's like taking your chip out of your graph and handing it to somebody and somebody handing you a fifty dollar bill. Dude, I like look at those and I think it actually makes those spots so useless. Like once you've put them out there for the world to have, they're basically like useless waypoints anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's stupid because I find joy in going and finding fish. Like, that's one of the reasons I do it. Like, dude, like, you, you, I know you do. Because that's like one day we found him while we were fishing, and you, like, <laughs> got giddy and, like, like we're back. Yeah, and then we left after we caught a bunch. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, but I wanted to just, you know, obviously thumbnail title. It's to get you guys in here. I clickbaited you. I'll admit it. It doesn't bother me anymore. But, oh, hey, it ain't the first time. next your next video yeah well we'll see what happens but yeah need some small small tips for a beginner never fish them really want to target them on a river where where would i have to fish for them no lakes i know of around me just basic tips on how to smallmouth fish because i think i'm kind of done talking about this spot stealing thing i'll steal your spots no on a river i mean alex knows this alex fishes so many rivers but you're looking for like free yeah current or like creek mouths where creeks pour in areas of cleaner water can be really productive when the water is really dirty um Mm -hmm. because smallmouth by nature are site fishermen so they're site feeders (laughs) they're just sites they're fishermen i mean technically they are fishermen they're the ultimate fishermen man i mean like they kill for a living they fish for a living for real so but yeah so let's let's seriously do talk some fishing um Muddy water. Are you dealing? Well, you're froze. I'm dealing with muddy water. Yeah, Guys, listen, I wish I had some kind of like magical formula or a tip to tell you this is how you go catch fish. But honestly, I think the best thing you can do is just go grind it out. 
Uh, do you try to find clean water? Like, is there clean water? Yeah. Yeah. I try to find the cleanest water that I possibly can. I mean, a lot of the lakes that I fish are they're deep, clear reservoirs. So, I mean, if you go main lake or go further towards the dam, you know, you're going to find that clear water, but what sucks is places like Chick and Loudon and, you know, Watts Bar, a lot of those riverine kind of lakes are just chocolate mud and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because there's so many feeder creeks that flow into the rivers. And then naturally when there's that much current and they're pulling current through the dam, it just muddies up the whole lake. Um, but this plays perfectly into the whole MF- MLF topic. This is this little caveat. Um, watch this transition right here, as Steve Vernella would say. Um, so today I was watching the MLF. And Chris Lane and Todd Faircloth absolutely dominated because they found clear water in that muddy water. Um, what they found, and from my understanding of how JT Kenny um, described it, is that there's duck ponds or duck lakes, like duck hunting lakes, duck hunting ponds connected to uh, Eufaula, and they're owned by the state. And so towards the end of the year, or if there's like a massive rain event, what they do is they drain those lakes out so that they don't flow over their bounds. Well, the deal is, is there's no natural creeks or streams or anything that run into those duck lakes or duck ponds. And so like when they pump that water out of there to keep it from overflowing or going out of its bounds, that's clear, warm water. Cause you're talking about like a, like a massive body of water that's only two foot deep all the way across so that you can duck hunt in it. And so water's coming out of there. That's, you know, 10 degrees warmer than the main lake and clear. And so Chris Lane and Todd Faircloth sat there today and just absolutely wrecked them in that clear water in that current too. Yeah. I mean, and they were fishing a ton of grass, which naturally filters that water. Right. So like for those of you guys that don't fish a lot of dirty water, if you go fish an area or a lake, that's really, really dirty. That, has some current moving through it if there's a lot of grass in an area that water is naturally going to be cleaner that sediment uh the grass as you get further back in the grass is actually going to be cleaner than what you know the main lake would be so like chris lane was flipping a big um creature bait and, and i think he threw a frog a little bit maybe and a jig but, is what he got his big bots on or a jig, a jig he was flipping that medlock jig from florida which is like the deal because it goes in that that like really nasty stuff really well but flipping that big jig and he caught a bunch of fish doing that well that's because that water was cleaner it was warmer and uh it was being filtered out by that grass which naturally is like a natural ecosystem yeah and and what was crazy is if if you watch them like they got out in the current first and said hey first i want to stop sean thank you for the 10 bucks dude you did not have to do that i mean like that's awesome dude that's awesome um but anyway, um, what was cool is they got out in the current first. So you, you got to imagine it's like this giant diesel pump, right? And there's this giant tube that comes out of uh, the ground or under the water, and, and they're dumping this water out. So it's creating current. And so Todd Faircloth got there first before Chris Lane, and he told Chris, you know, hey, I'll take the left, you take the right. And so they pulled up in there together, dropped their power poles down, and started fishing directly in the current. And they both picked up, you know, quite a few fish pretty quickly, enough that they both had – I think they had three – um before chris kind of moved and what chris did was he picked up his power poles and kind of let the current drift him back and he got behind those grass mats those hyacinth clumps whatever that stuff was that acted like a current break and he started flipping that stuff and that's where the bigs were sitting the bigs were sitting way up in that stuff for two reasons number one it's a current break but number two the water rose up like two three feet overnight and so that stuff was actually out of the water and just where that water you know, rose up so fast, those fish just followed it up there and they were sitting there munching anything was being pushed in there by that current. So really cool. I mean, it's kind of a cool dynamic to see that, you know, just talking about muddy water and how it all plays together, how fine and clear water and a little bit of current can make all the difference in the world when you're fishing those like nasty, muddy water kind of conditions. Right. So um, did you see Brian Thrift's chatterbait dude so I, I don't know that it was a secret bladed jig i just think it was made by a company that isn't a predominant sponsor for it. you know what i mean yeah no i, I really thank you if it was yeah noah dude what's up um i wonder if it wasn't like not a predominant sponsor bladed jig and that way he was that's why he was like saying it's a secret bladed well, jig. well the big the biggest thing about it was it has a bigger blade on it that's all he said about it 
So the blade's oh. bigger. But he was fishing. Yeah. He was, it looked like a. It looked like an evergreen because it was in that that new crawl color. That'd be sweet. I I do know. Like if you go on to, to eBay, you can buy different sized blades. Mm-hmm. So what he might do, or what Z-Man might be doing, is coming out with a bigger blade of chatterbait so you can fish. I don't know. I don't know why they would come out with a bigger blade of chatterbait. More thump and dirty water. I don't know. So you can fish like a three-quarter ounce where you'd normally fish a half. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, sort of, kind of. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think with that bigger blade, you'd be able to fish a bigger size. But he, he primarily today, because I literally laid on the couch all day and watched fishing. Like, I was so lazy today, but it was cold. It was The high today was 27, and it was snowing, so I said, screw, go into the lake. I, I laid on the couch with my dogs. Um... But no, he primarily threw a chartreuse, and then he threw that uh, what looked to me to be that new craw color from Evergreen. And I mean, he he did well. I mean, he didn't smash them like Lane did, but he did well. Like he he was right up there. He was right up there with him. Um, no, another thing, the two pound average totally oh, changed the dude. dynamic of the tournament. Totally. Changed. So we immediately texted and called each other about this. Like mm-hmm. as soon as I got out, I like. Um, nine o'clock I called you. I'm like, dude, it's changing the way these dudes are approaching it. It feels like it feels like how I would go to the lake and approach a lake. I'm not looking for a bunch of dinks. I'm looking for like quality fish. And by quality I'm talking like a two plus, two and a half plus pound fish. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing guys be successful on a big jig and you're seeing guys be successful on um some of these more power fishing or bigger fish techniques. However, I also think it plays into the style of lake they were fishing. Mm-hmm. Right, like because they were fishing a super muddy, super dirty body of water, like they had to fish these more power fishing, bigger bait techniques to catch bigger fish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they go to Table Rock, I don't think you're going to see them try to target a three pound fish. They're so going to go and try and target a two pound fish. My understanding is it's a variable weight, right? Right. Yeah. I know. I'll see you later, man. Have a good night, buddy. Um, so it's a variable weight. So that means that from lake to lake, depending on the class of fish that lives in the lake, that they can take that weight and adjust it up and down how they see fit. Correct. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess when you do go to like a table rock or something like that, where there's just smaller class of fish living there, but truthfully, I have to say, I enjoyed watching today a lot more because it did feel more like what I have experienced as an angler. Right. Like it's like I'm going out there. I'm wanting to catch as many fish, but I'm also wanting to catch quality fish. And so then you kind of find that that balance of, okay, is this going to be a mini fish day or is this going to be a quality fish day? And like those guys knew with a two pound average that they were going to have to find those fish in that three, four, five pound class range. And I think we'll see that more and more throughout the year when we go to these bigger fish lakes like that, okay, we're not swinging for the fences and going and looking for eight-pounders, but I'm going to go find an area that holds five five-pounders. Okay, but you did see Chris Lang go catch seven fish that weighed 33 pounds as opposed to going on catching 15 fish that weighed 33 pounds. And, dude, I love that. But I also, like, you also have to realize there were guys that tried to do that 15 fish sort of deal, right? Like, there are some guys, I think, in the top five that caught 12 fish. But, you know, dude, like. It's going to let these guys that are better, like, big big fish guys have a shot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But. Okay, so what are you watching tomorrow, Major League or Bass? Hmm. Are they going to fish tomorrow? If they do. Okay, here's the deal. I want to watch John Cox fish. I don't care about the rest of them. Because I don't know any <laughs> of those guys. Like, I'm so serious. Like, I know John Cox, like, I actually know who the guys are. Because I looked at the freaking Elite Series field, and it's a joke. Oh, because I, I don't know who nobody is. By the way, Chris Lane still caught the most fish. He just happened to catch 35 pounds. Oh, did he? Okay, so yeah. I know who... John Cox is G Man Brandon Seth. Right, right. That's it. I don't care about the rest of them. Like I know some names, but I don't care about them. You know what I mean? Like, and I want to try to invest, but 
I don't know. Yeah, it just depends. If there's a camera with John Cox, I'm going to watch Bass just to watch John Cox and see how he does because he's fresh off a tournament win. The dude's a freaking hammer. They're yeah, all it's in a, Florida. In the, it's in Florida. Like if they don't put a camera in the boat with him, they're idiots. Um, but I tell you, I mean, who's fishing tomorrow? MLF is going to be really interesting to see how they treat that waterway. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to hey, watch. Huge thank you to Tennessee Volunteer Fisherman. Fisher. My man. He thank you very much kayak for $2. I don't like fishing against well, him in kayak tournaments. That's not too hard. He beat that, beat that ass. What he do, boy? <laughs> he gonna beat that ass. I'm ready. I'm ready to get back at it. I'm ready to uh, – My, I was going to fish one tomorrow, but I said screw it because it's on Chickamauga and the water is – natty and it's cold and i don't want to go sit in a kayak all day and get wet even though i do have the best gear out there the afco gear i still don't want to sit in my kayak all day in the freezing Ooh, cold so i'm gonna great, wait till, go ahead great comment from jason beck what's gonna happen when these guys three-year contracts are up what's gonna happen i think van Dam's gonna retire iconelli is gonna retire and then you're gonna see some of the other name guys come back van Dam retired dude he's not that old Dude's 50. Yeah, he's not that old, though. I mean, dude, he's still got a lot of wins left in him. That's like saying Tom Brady's going to retire. I don't know. I don't think he's going to retire. I mean, I would hope he doesn't. I want to watch Kevin Van Dam. Well, Iconelli is for sure about done. Yeah, He's, he's been, been, like, on the bridge of retirement for the past three years. Well, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make TV shows and all that crap. Right, different, different. He just won't be, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be fishing. He'll be in the industry. He'll just be he'll be doing TV shows and all that kind of junk. So I don't know. Okay, I I don't know for you. Yeah, go ahead. We grew up watching. Who did you grow up watching fishing wise? Who did I grow up watching fishing wise? Yeah. Um. KVD, Akinelli, Takahiro Mori. Um, no, I'm talking like when you were growing up, who were you like? Did you watch? Like who I liked? No, who'd you watch on TV? Who'd I watch like, on TV? Yeah, when you watched fishing, what did you watch? I How'd didn't. you. Oh, you didn't watch fishing? No, nah, I mean, like, oh. I can remember this wasn't a bunch of good fishing shows on. Okay. Like so I used to watch I'm I'm asking this because I think the advent of fishing shows changing over to being YouTube fishing shows is pretty much here. But I grew up watching like Hank Parker, Bill Dance, Jimmy Houston, Mark Zona, um, Dave Mercer. I watched like those shows dudes. like when I watched outdoor shows, like when I was a kid. And I don't know, I like yeah, I never watched fishing. Like, I don't remember watching fishing and being like, "Yeah, this is a fishing show." <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know why. I just, I just never did. I just think the whole fishing industry is changing, where like actual television shows are no longer, no longer like as prevalent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I think yeah. people I mean, see I mean, through some of the television fishing shows, and are now like, "I'm going to go watch on YouTube because I can go watch every day." Yeah, although and well, there is like a difference in quality, but like, you know what I'm saying. Well, and screw the quality. There ain't a difference in quality. There's some of them shows that are being edited on Final Cut. I know because I, I can see the warp stabilizers when they don't hold the damn camera still. Like, and that's <laughs> what. Let me tell you something. I, oh, you've hit a bone now. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, you've hit a bone I changed now. My mind. Well, I showed you the other day on that one TV show, <laughs> dude. It's pathetic. Like these dudes show up. I know this from personal experience. These dudes show up with these $7,000, $8,000, $9,000 on-the-shoulder cameras, and they don't even know how to use them. And then they'll film this show where it's all blown out or it's too dark, and then they throw it in Final Cut and chop it together and throw some text on top of it, and they're like, oh, we got us a TV show. And I will say what makes the difference. What makes a difference in editing for TV versus editing for YouTube is like having a cameraman and having some sort of budget. I would love to know how these companies, ah, this is such like, this is what you and I would talk about on the phone, but I would love to know how they get their budget, right? Like how do you go to a company and sell a television? Like, yeah, I need you just 
uh, sponsored me thirty grand this year for this television show, so yeah, I can like, be on TV. Yeah, like what? What? Hey, there's nothing wrong with Final uh, Cut. I use Final Cut, but if you got a shaky shot, don't throw a warp stabilizer on it and call it quits for the day. Redo the <laughs> shot. Come on. I mean, heck, you got GoPros that shoot in 4K with hyper smooth, and like you would never even need a gimbal, and you could shoot the same shot and not have to worry about it. But anyway, uh, anyway, I'm sorry. It's, it's just, just let's take some questions. I uh, <laughs> I do want to know. I do want to know, like, how the heck does somebody approach a company and go, "Hey, I need X amount of dollars to film this show," and like for it's going to uh, for television that my or my, like I would love to know what like when you I don't take any show on the outdoor channel um take a fishing show uh give me one give me one I just, anyway, just want to shout out Kevin Baxter the bait man the dude's in here and I just want to say hi um hi Kevin I don't know man I watch a lot of these shows and it's just so cringeworthy it is hey Hey, Bob, we're out here today, and we're going to throw these Spro rock crawlers. Oh, yeah, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, they're equipped with Gamagatsu hooks. They're super sticky sharp. Yeah, they are, Bob. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> come on. That or it's like they're trying to be dramatic. And then I lost her. And they Dude, look I off into the distance. Zona's oh, the man. You want to know why Zona's the man? Because it's like he's making a vlog. He's just himself. You can't fake that. All right? He just has a cameraman filming yeah. his beauty. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's freaking great. It's just great. All right. This is great. But yeah, I don't know. I would like to know. I would like to know how these people get people. I, I would love to see someone like videotape that conversation. Yeah. Hey, and regardless if it's a write-off to the company, heck, anything a company does for me is a write-off, but it's still thirty grand. Hey, I, like, listen, just because you pay it out don't mean you get it back. <laughs> like, I, but I would love oh, to know. Man. I had a serious conversation with the marketing manager for a company this week. Oh, yeah. He's like, do you realize most companies look at return on investment as 10%. So to get return on investment, they need um, – like they expect the investment is going to be 10% of what their return is going to be. Wow. You know what I mean? So if they give you 10,000, they expect a hundred thousand return. I don't even know if that's possible. And this, is, this is a gentleman that came from a big company such as Shimano and G Loomis. How do they, I can't even. I can't even because it, whoever said rabbit hole at the beginning of the show, well, I, you want to talk about going down a rabbit hole right here. Anyways, so, let's let's take some beauty of questions. There's been some good conversation going on over there. Um, yeah, but I would love to hear what people have to say and uh, everything else. Yeah. Um, I just want to point this out because Kevin said it. Kevin said that the budget for the classic patterns was $150,000 in 2008. Airtime for TOC, which I'm not sure TOC. The got, Outdoor Channel. Oh, the Outdoor Channel. Was almost 10000 an episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. Why? Like, Some how many like views? They have more of it? Jealousy I have zero jealousy. Zero jealousy. I'm just curious on how they have this conversation with a marketing person of a company. Yeah, Raymond, shut shut up. What are you talking about? So stupid. <laughs> God, am I like that's dumb? Like what? Um, I don't know. I'm confused. Like how many? I would love to see the analytics on a TV show. Like. There's no way that they're getting that many views and there's that much value on the outdoor channel. Because like how many people actually view the outdoor channel? The problem is how many households it gets to, right? Oh man, we gotta we, we gotta move on to something else. But I gotta know. Man. <laughs> he said that's why there's he no says, more classic yeah, lost <laughs> Well, that explains it. Kevin pretty much just solved the problem for us there. He's like, listen, it costs way too much damn money. All right. And like, <laughs> that's funny. 
Dang. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Wow. Okay. Rabbit hole. <laughs> Gone. Okay. So this week, Bass is on um, in Florida on the St. John's. Next week, they're on Chick. What's going to happen when they get to Chick and it's going to be a mud pit? Everybody that was listening just that didn't see that that was a eye roll all the way to the back of my head i don't know what's gonna happen there'll still be biggins caught they'll still sack somebody will sack up 30 pounds everybody and their brother will want to come to chickamauga and we'll have to continue throwing one eighth ounce heads with two and a half inch swim baits on them to get the fish to bite or carolina rig a, a freaking fluke with a 16 foot leader to get them to bite and i mean the lake's gonna just keep getting harder and harder to fish and it's just yeah i mean yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Talk about that because you and I both talked to Caleb who fishes chick a lot and dude's catching giant bag. Like dude just caught a 40 pound bag out there, but it was on live bait and all the other bags that he catches are doing stuff that are just so sneaky. Sure. Like no one would think about it. Obscure. I mean, like, and I'm not going to say anything because it's all Caleb's stuff. And I don't, I mean, he shares it with me, but I'm not going to share it with anybody else. But I mean, yeah. obscure crap that you would never think, oh, God, I can't even answer that comment. Someone just asked, would you rather fish with Greta? Oh, it's it's Brian, is who it is. Would you rather fish with Greta Thunderburger, Nancy Pelosi? Don't even get me started. Anyway, anyway. It's obscurity, like some of the most obscure crap you've ever seen in your whole entire life. And like to get these fish to bite, now he's catching good fish. I mean, five, six pound class fish and even bigger. But the way I mean, he's catching them is like, I would literally, I would actually never think of that. Mm -hmm. But that's what you got to do on Chickamauga anymore because there is so much pressure i really think i caught that 26 bag 26 pound bag there last year because i was throwing the thunder cricket before the thunder cricket got popular i got some before anybody else got their hands on them and i went out there and caught fish before that those fish had heard that six thousand times and now that could be a total fluke but i don't think it is because i went out there with scott scott caught one fish all day he caught an eight pounder first thing in the morning and then i caught probably 15 fish the rest of the day that were all in that three to six pound class range. And like, dude, you're, you can't catch them on the ledges anymore. Hardly. You can't. I mean, they're just, you can't catch them, man. I mean, they're so pressured. I mean, you're talking, there's, there's kayak tournaments and boat tournaments and just, I mean, it's just pressure, 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 pressure. So I don't know what they're going to do. So they're going to go down there. Someone's going to find them. They're going to, they're going to sack up them a big old bag. And I don't know. I mean, this is going to be very interesting to see how they do it. Yeah. So I'm and, interested. I, you're going to see big fish in big bags. I just don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. It's going to be something. I'll put it this way. You'll know the guys who talk to somebody who do well that are throwing something crazy. Let's just put it that way. If they whip out some crap that you thought, huh, never thought of that before. They've talked to somebody that lives there. They've got some tips, and that's why they're fishing that way. Regardless if it's in the rules or not, I'm just telling you. Straight up and down. Straight up and down. So. Weird weird strange lake it like that lake is uh it's like a giant mountain hill i tell people it's like a giant mountain hill full of giant fish i do think i i will say someone's gonna win it probably four days of doing something off the wall but you'll see someone do really well for the first couple days doing something very normal if the weather does well if the weather doesn't will, do well, they may be screwed, period. Yeah, but you're going to see someone throw like a trap and catch them really good for like three days. And then they're just going to fall off. Maybe. If they can find Plus, them. The biggest part, the biggest problem with that lake is that you can be in one creek and absolutely hammer knock them. Be in a creek straight across the lake and get your ass handed to you. And right now right. they're schooling hard and they're not going to not be schooling next week when they're there. And so someone, someone with panoptics, if they can find them out and just follow a school, of those fish around could probably put 25 pounds in the boat pretty quick. If they can catch them. If they can catch them. Yeah. If they can catch them. So I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll have to see. It's going to be interesting. I, you know, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see. That's hey, that damn one more time. Screw one more that time. Place. Screw that place. I hate that place. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hate that place. I really do. I love it and I hate it all at the same time. But anyway, anyway, um, do you think Cherokee is going to get like that? Yeah, I think it's already like that. I think it's already getting really, really tough to catch them. Um, and people, you know, you've always had the tight line. You've always had the Demiki rig, but those fish are getting really used to that bite. I actually talked to a guy the other day. He pulled up in my driveway. He lives down the street from me. He was asking me about my building, and he fishes too because he's got a boat. And he was asking, and um, he said, you know, I found some fish and dropped on them, caught them pretty decently. And he said, went back and tried to drop on them again, and they just weren't having it. And I, and I think the more and more you pressure those fish, the less and less big fish you start to see and the harder it gets to catch those big fish. Um, but Cherokee's like a whole di- different dynamic, though. I mean, it's not like Chick. Your Cherokee doesn't get anywhere near the pressure that Chick does, but I find it so interesting that they want to keep coming back. Like, why do they want to come no, to Cherokee? You hate, you hate the fact that they want to keep coming back. Oh, yeah, I do hate it, but... Why that? Why do they want to come there? Because guys are going out and catching seventeen pound bags of smallmouth, which is great for Middle Tennessee when it's a smallmouth dominated body of water. You used to be able to catch twenty two and twenty three pound bags of smallmouth until they came down there and showed everybody everything that's ever existed. Did I say that? <laughs> Shit, <laughs> dude, I'm not kidding. You. Four years ago, it was silly. You used to be able to go when as soon as the water warmed up enough that they started moving towards the bank, you go down the bank with a spinner bait and you could catch twenty to twenty-two pounds easy. You can't do that anymore. It does not exist anymore. It doesn't. And it's sad. I'm saddened. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of our sport at this point though. Like the sport of bass fishing, not even not even like tournament bass fishing is increasing so much that everyone is on the water. So, so many people are so much more knowledgeable are doing so many things that will catch those fish that now they're able to do it on a regular basis. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, you know, me and Caleb had that conversation the other day that it's getting to the point, you know, YouTube, I don't think has anything to do with a limited portion of to do with it. Maybe maybe less than 10%, maybe less than 5%, probably less than 5%. It's the fact, it's the availability of information in, in the learning curve is no longer like a, a steady uphill climb. And you learn and you learn and you learn. Now it's just a freaking bell curve that goes straight up. And like you can go from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing as much as you could possibly ever want to know. And that's why... You know, you look at professional anglers, these young guys are able to do so well is because they don't have any. I mean, there's nothing limiting their information intake. Dude, I mean, I had a conversation today with my buddy Anthony while I was getting my phone fixed that I I do something that I call passive learning. And what it is, is like I'll turn on an informational podcast while I'm doing something like working in my boat or something like that. Dude, I learned all about anti-Semitism the other day off a Joe Rogan podcast, I could tell you about anything you wanted to know about it. And it was just because I passively listened to this podcast and now I have this information. Well, I do that with fishing as well. Dude, I know crap about fishing. Like, you know, we'll talk about science about bass fishing. It's because I go out and I find that kind of stuff. And so I can just, I'm taking in that information constantly and my brain is wired in a way that I can just, process it store it where it needs to go and then have that and so that in combination with social media youtube fishing shows live streaming on professional fishing stuff i mean that that is just making these anglers work too live streaming too is changing everything absolutely because literally there's no more secret baits there's no more secret techniques a guy is not throwing a spy bait doing something secret because he can't mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And like, dude, it was funny that, you know, I, I like to watch old Bass Pro episodes. You know, I do that all the time. And it's because I'm looking for something, you know, looking for something that maybe someone missed or an old technique or something. You know, I watch them from like 1996, you know, early 2000s. Um, but, you know, watching today, you know, several of those guys were throwing baits that weren't from their sponsors. 
And I would pause it and I would look and I'd be like, what is that? Why is he throwing it? Another great thing is um, Seth Fire last year when he sacked up all those fish on St. Clair. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Seth Fighter is an interesting creature. Dude just straight doesn't care. But you get what I'm saying. We both know what we were looking for. He was throwing a DT10 the whole week, dude. The whole week because he's sponsored by Rapala. Hashtag sponsored. (laughs) That's all he was throwing, right, Ben? Only bait he threw. But there you go. I mean, I'm just saying it's very interesting. that's, That's why... That's why fishing is getting harder. We're going to have to adapt. We just have to accept the reality that fishing is going to get harder because the learning curve is no longer there. And we have got to change with the sport. And I, you know, my deal, you want to know how I'm changing? I'm going where other where places where nobody else wants to go. I'm pulling a John Cox. I mean, dude, like the ability to get into places that no one else is willing to go or wants to go. That's I think that's the future of my fishing anyway. I don't know about everybody else's, but it's definitely the future of my fishing. Well, that's why I started fishing where I do, because no one fishes it. Yep. You know? Yep. It's dangerous. It's sucky. You'll break things. But it's not that much fun, and you can really have miserable days, but you can smash them. Yep. Yep. Can't tell you how many days I zero. Can't tell you how many days I zero. Anyway, yeah, hey, everybody hit that like button for me that is on the live stream, please. Uh, all 99 of you beautiful, beautiful people. It'll help this live stream get pushed up the top, let people see it, because it's already probably going to piss some people off. The title alone is going to get them in here. I'll just clickety-clack. Like, so I will say the title is pretty good, but we've had some really good conversation tonight so far. I do, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's always fun just to talk some – some beach fishing. So how long do you got before your ice is gone? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully I can fish in the beginning of March. Beginning of March? I did a couple of years ago on Lake St. Clair, and I did a couple of years ago on the, on the Great Lakes. So will that be but, will that be like late winter fishing or late fall fishing for you? Or it's what? like wintertime fishing. But what actually happens, and really interesting to me, because I would always think, okay, I'm going to go as deep as possible, look for these fish on the edges of rock. These fish get really shallow, like up in the rivers, because those rivers warm up so fast. Mm-hmm. And all the bait fish starts to push shallow, so I run shallow. Well, I need to run shallow. I'm telling you, shallow water fishing is where it's at. Just want you to know that. Well, I'm not saying it's always where it's at, but I'm saying that in the spring, that's where those fish are. If you can go sit out in the middle of the lake and just absolutely struggle bus, or you can go shower. So what are you going to be throwing? Ooh. Bye bye. I hope I can throw jig. I mean, these fish are going to be aggressive. They're going to want to eat. They've been under ice all year. You know, it's fascinating to me. Go down a rabbit hole. Here we go. Oh, um, gosh. How the just just the slightest bit of sun and temperature change can like absolutely like make fish go insane. I saw it the other day on the lake that I was on. Like early morning, it was cold. It was probably forty eight water degree. You know, forty eight water. It's like thirty outside. You know, it was cold. I mean, it wasn't like freezing cold, but it was definitely cold. Caught those two fish early on that jerk bait, but dude, by. 12 the water warmed up to like 52 53 and the freaking bait fish were so thick in the backs of the pockets you could walk on them and the striper were back there like blowing up in them and you know large mouth ran them and it was just i mean it was so quick i mean it was just like a it was like it was like oh yeah 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 and then all of a sudden it's like insanity but as soon as it started to cool back down the sun started to cool back down it just it's it just rolled off and it was done it was done so i don't know I mean, what it like, I don't know. There's something insane about that to me that, that just that little bit of temperature change can do that. But it's like those iguanas down, down in Miami, you know, falling out of the trees. I mean, they were talking like when it's like 38, that's just a degree too cold for those iguanas and they start to shut down. But as soon as it hits 39, they like start to wake back up and they're good to go. You know what I mean? Right. It's just a very interesting thing, you know? Yeah, it is. I don't know. I, I don't have any explanation for it. I just know what happens. Yeah, it's a biology. I mean, fish are cold-blooded creatures, and when they get warmed up, they start to move around. It's just insane that it's that drastic of a change. You know what I mean? 
I'm to give a huge shout out to Mr. Twister real quick for the five dollar donation. So thank you, Mr. Twister. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Thank um, you. But yeah, it's it's very interesting, and I think that happens a lot more in shallow water with those fish. They're very much more um, uh, sensitive, affected by that. Yeah, I guess sensitive is what I was looking for. But like, they're more affected by that temperature change than those deep fish. But what I've noticed is those shallow fish are more predictable than those deep fish. Those deep fish will roam so much on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those shallow fish almost have to position. It's like they have uh, to They go. have to position on something. Yeah, something. Right, but those deep fish could go like forever and a half away. Well, you say that, but some of our fish get on nothing clay banks. Well, there's literally nothing but just clay banks. And they'll sit on those clay banks. Maybe it's slightly... Is it, is it, dig it? Is it a little bit, bit? Maybe. Be my boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. Great question. Great question. Go ahead. Click on it. Send it up there. When do you decide to retire a bait like the Vision 110 Plus one that you've caught so many fish on, Alex? Dude, I've told you, you better hang that thing up before you're going to cast and just. Yeah, I need to hang it up. Um, I probably will very, very soon. That that jerk, honest, honestly, me and Ben got to talking about it. That one day that we caught him so good on it, I probably caught, dude, I mean. 50 fish? Oh, probably. On that one, you caught 50. You caught 50. Yeah. Uh, just in one day. I mean. Dang, and it was dude. like, so 50 fish to some people like doesn't, it sounds very impressive, but it was almost, you had a. You had to catch ten plus fish an hour. It was like every couple minutes. You were oh, and they were all like four to five pound class fish too. I mean, I caught. I mean, I caught five limits. No, shit, I caught ten limits of fish that were twenty pounds by myself. Yeah, that day was dumb though. That was dumb. I mean, it was just dumb. So I need to retire it. I mean, the jerkbait has just got a lot of. It's just got a lot of sentimental. That's Jason. Why? Why I would retire it is just because it is. It's sentimental. I mean, like there's a lot of good memories tied to that bait, and I just don't want to sling it off and never have it. You know what I mean? Like on my keychain, I've got my six XD that I caught my PB on twice in a row. Um, that I just keep it. The bill broke off of it, so I just keep it on my keychain just to have it around, you know. And just it's just good memories. So, um, yeah. Jared wants to know when you're throwing jerk baits, how do you decide which brand style to throw first? My box has Palace Track King Smithwick Mega Bass, but it always, but I always I guess on which one to start with. I always start with Vision One Ten Plus One or Vision One Ten. Dang, things is magical. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just grab one. I kind of close my eyes. This one looks like a good one for the day. What? I mean, oh, dark I throw like yeah, I throw a provoke one hundred six X a lot, but like color, and then I just close my eyes and grab one, and I just go through them. Oh God, it's got my finger. I mean, the funny thing is, he like, dug so many treble hooks out of his hand doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that really is basically how I choose baits for the most part. Like as long as I get the color close. And then I'll work through the bait that they want. I think color is way more important than action. No. Let's not go down a rabbit hole. We've talked about that too. A Vision 110. Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it doesn't. Said a whoopee. <laughs> Whatever that, okay. that is. The Everyone in the comment section, which would you choose? The right color bait or the right action of a bait, action. and we're not talking. We're talking like the same style, so like a medium diving jerk bait. Color or action? Action. Color. Okay. If you have the wrong color, you could, you know. I I got the plus one and the regular one. Tito Tito Ten, Edo Tennessee Shad is my go-to color. Edo Edo Tito Tito's Tito's. That's tequila, right? I'm good. I'm getting absolutely ruined over there. Yeah, yeah. Action, Thanks, action, guys. action, action. <laughs> that is so funny. All action all That's day, funny. boy. All right. I got a question for you. Do you believe that a jerkbait is um, 
kind of not unvaluable. I would say um, doesn't have as much effect, is ineffective in dirty water. Uh, in in if a lake is normally clear and the water gets dirty, a jerk bait can be less effective. If a lake is normally dirty, and you throw a jerk bait and you throw like a white or whatever, I mean, fish still find baits in dirty water situations. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? If a lake well, is I mean, naturally dirty mm-hmm. and you throw a jerk bait in that style of water, fish are going to be yeah i mean i i've always said that a jerk bait's like one of the loudest baits in your box if you really think about it and when you crack that thing coming through the water i mean it's super loud so it's going to get the fish's attention and it is a very visual bait you know a lot of the the strikes that you get on that jerk bait are a reaction due to the visual of the bait right that's why the action matters more than the color in my opinion um what um but but it is a really, it is a really loud bait and yeah mm-hmm. um, so i don't know i just i think a jerk bait i've seen personally i mean my dad has beat my eyes in and we've had days on a jerk bait we, Great story. So we crack like 20 pounds on a jerk bait one day on a local lake. Probably more than that. It's probably like 21, 22 pounds. I mean, we were hammering them. Dad caught a seven, you know, like a seven and a six, and I caught a couple fours. And I mean, like it was just a it was a dang good day with a jerk bait. Well, it was like slightly stained, kind of muddy, you know, springtime water when that water comes up and they start to fill those reservoirs back up. And well, we see a guy that dad knows, and the guy goes, We catching them on. Dad goes, KVD jerkbait? Guy goes, no, nah, it's too dirty to throw a jerkbait. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, it was like, we've, you know, caught like 22 pounds on it, but I used to like, no, nah, it's too dirty to throw a jerkbait. I was like, all right, okay. Um, have a nice day then. And I mean, we were throwing like, a, it was just a sexy shad jerkbait. You know what I mean? And it's just nothing outstanding, nothing crazy, just on a jerkbait bite. So... Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, quality. Quality. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I don't know what to say. So much, so much agree. So agree. Much so. Do you wish you had the stamina to throw to throw a jerk bait like KVD? I've thrown a jerk bait all day. I've thrown I've thrown a jerk bait from from dawn till dark before. That one day that we caught all those fish, that's what we did. I mean, like, I literally, by the time I left Michigan on that trip, I was taking, I was jerking it with the other hand. Um, <laughs> I couldn't jerk, couldn't jerk it with my left hand anymore. <laughs> so I had to start jerking it with my right hand. But for real, though, like, my arm was hurting so bad. My shoulder was hurting so bad that I was jerking my jerk bait with my right hand, and I would hook one and have to switch hands over so that I can reel the fish in. I mean, it was ridiculous how much we threw that jerk bait. And Ben was still throwing a tube and throwing like a worm around because he's an idiot. Oh and we were, we were going around and we were going around in circles with an Ed rig, and he was trying to catch him in the middle of the column. Uh, that was one time. Uh, whatever. We did that for like two hours. Like it's right here. <laughs> People call that the strange. Strange. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, I God. love that. That is good crap right there. That is good crap. Oh, oh, oh Lord of mercy. That's, that's amazing. That's, Thank you. Yeah. I needed that. That was just, that was great. That was great. Well, Benjamin, buddy, I'll tell you what. We've been at it for a little while, man, and I'm getting a little bit sleepy. What are you thinking? Oh, dude, I'm I'm tired as well. I'm tired as well. I'm going to... um. I think we're gonna call it quits for not we think let's do it all right hey guys i do really want to tell you how much we appreciate you um 95 people and at one point we had like 101 people on here so we really do appreciate you tuning in tonight uh people watching on here want to thank you guys go hit that like button for me share this with somebody um anybody listening podcast forming this go hit the subscribe button so that you know itunes and all those people know that 
you think that this show is cool and all that, leave a review on any platform that you're on. Apparently that helps as well. Um, but check some of my podcast stats the other night. My last episode got like 300 listens, which is really, really That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and like, I think most of them were from people that don't even subscribe to this channel, which was really, really cool, but appreciate you guys. Um, got a lot of cool stuff coming. I'll have a new video out Monday night at six 15. So you guys can go check that out. It's going to, it's going to be a good one. And then Sunday, I think I'm going to go fishing for a little while. So hopefully we'll have some cool fishing content as well. But as always, you guys are sweet. Thank you for watching.